0: We get along, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I hear, hear our BFFD. BFFD, what's that saying for? Best friends with her dad. We know you're not a troublemaker. No, I'm not. You like to follow rules. But there are times when you've done some things not straight in line. Remember you created a talent show? At summer school, you're an entrepreneur. So you got the idea for the talent show, and you developed it. You went to the principal. You did everything on your own. Well, that was kind of stepping out of line. Nobody asked you to do that. And the same thing with uh, starting this business. That was not a straight-line bit of thinking. You're always thinking of different things you could do. That's a good thing. Have I stepped out of line? Oh, yeah. I'm junior Cut Day? Oh, well, I was in high school. Yes, I organized Junior Cut Day when I was in high school. I was in trouble then. College organized keg parties, but I also organized the Lunchbox Theater when I uh, put on plays and poetry readings and concerts. Started different businesses. And found different ways of doing things. That's what we do with this sock business. We operate differently than other sock businesses. Stepping out of line is a good thing. Why socks? I, I, it's fun. It's colorful. It's creative. I, I, it always let me be me. I want craziest sock in my life. To a degree, this is an example of stepping out of line. I, John was in his last year of school. And, and what school were you in? intense guys. And you were trying to figure out what to do next. Right? What were you looking at? I like a job program and school. I do like the, uh, the options I do like. He didn't say any options he liked. But here's where he starts stepping out of line. Well he's a natural entrepreneur. If you didn't see anything you wanted, a job you wanted, what were you gonna do? Uh I want to create one, I wanna make one. Says, I'll make one. And what'd you tell me? I want, I want to go into bed with my dad I night, all time being together. So that's where the business idea came from. It was John's idea of let's start a business together. And after a couple of false starts, and what was one of your ideas? A food truck. But the socks, John had worn these crazy socks his whole life. We used to drive around looking for them. So we figured if John loved them that much, surely other people would too, and we could find our tribe. So that's where the idea came from. And we said, all right, let's go get started. Once we got asked by a high school student, who did you need permission from to do this? Which is at first a silly question, but it's really quite profound. You don't need anybody's permission. We can just go and do things. And that's very empowering. I had started and run other businesses and yeah, I was 58 when we started this business. So you could say I spent my whole life preparing for that. But once Sean had the idea and we said, let's go test it, we did not do the traditional business plan. Instead, we went what you could call the lean startup route. We said, let's get something up and running and we will test the idea. By doing that, we set up a website, we got a little bit of inventory, we're bootstrapping, so you have to figure out how to make do with what you have. So the only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page, I take out my cell phone, and we made video. And who do you think was into those videos? I am, I'm talking about socks, stock, socks, stock. my so when we started, we were only selling other people socks. And it was just the two of us, because we wanted to see how would people respond. And boy, did they respond. The very first day, we got 42 waters. Most of them were local. We were in Huntington. But over the first month, really two weeks, we shipped 452 waters. And that told us we have something here. We set it about growing the business. And yes, there are lots of ups and downs, but we've always had a pretty clear vision about what we wanted to do and what was motivating us. And that helps when the times get hard. You are very generous in your charitable work. You can't take one part of business from the other, they join together. It is a slightly different type of business model. It's a social enterprise. So we have both the social and the business purpose and they feed off of each other. There are some people, quite famous, Milton Friedman, uh, the economist, said, businesses only have an obligation to their shareholders, to their owners. We believe businesses have obligations to all of their stakeholders, to not only the owners, but to employees, to customers, to the community, to the environment, and you have to serve all of those stakeholders with your business. So that, that's the philosophical underpinning. And for us, we have a very simple mission. What's the mission? A spreading happiness. Spreading happiness. We've created a business, and everything we do is designed to spread happiness. And we've broken that into or built it really on five pillars and experience it and hope, give it back, find products you can love, make it personal, and make it a great place to work. So make it a great place to work. If we want to spread happiness with our customers and in the community, we have to start here. This has to be a place where our colleagues are happy to work here, where they, they find a mission worthy of their commitment, where everybody feels valued and respected, where we can put people in a position to succeed, where we recognize the work that people do. The making it personal goes back to the very first day. I mean, those first orders, how did we deliver most of our first orders? Our home deliveries. We did home deliveries. You know, when it was local, we got red boxes. We put the socks in the box. Looked at it and said it needs something else. What else did you put in? Uh, a thank you note and candy. And written thank you note and package of candy? Well, we still do that today. And everything about our business is designed to create that personal connection. When you open a package from us, on the packing slip, you're going to see a picture of the name and the person who packed your order. If you call our office, you never get voice chat. You're going to talk to a person, and there's no script, and we don't monitor calls. It's going to be a very human conversation. Anything we can do to create that personal connection. And then fun products you can love. Everything we sell has to be fun, spread happiness, and... I'm be behind. John's got to back it. It's got to have John's approval. If John can't stand up and sell something, then we're not going to sell it because it's personal. But also, we have to have a great operation. So we sell mainly online. Our website has to be great. The selection has to be great. How many different socks do we have? We have 4,000 different socks. That makes John here the owner of the world's largest sock store, which is very cool. The products have to be great. We have over 29,000 five-star reviews. And the service has to be great. We do same-day shipping. Order comes in today. Uh, it's going out today. Yeah. We do better shipping than Amazon. And Jeff Bezos over on Amazon, he's not putting a thank you note in candy in those Amazon packages. Giving back, we don't think it's ever enough to just sell stuff. you got to give back. And- you know, we talk about spreading happiness. What do you say happiness is all about? Oh, uh, it's gratitude and do for others. Gratitude and do for others. So our giving back program reflects that. We started by pledging 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. Why the Special Olympics? I am Special Olympics athlete. But we've gone on to create products that celebrate causes, raise awareness, and raise money. So, what were the first awareness socks we created? Down syndrome awareness socks. Down syndrome awareness socks, and they raised money for the National Down Syndrome Society and ACDS, a local group in Long Island. Gone on to create autism awareness socks and cerebral palsy awareness socks. March of twenty twenty, the height of the pandemic, we created Healthcare Superhero Soft. And they've raised over fifty thousand dollars. So our giving back program has now raised over five hundred thousand dollars, including over a hundred thousand for the Special Olympics. And so John's donated more than any other Special Olympic has ever done. And that's an essential part of what we do. We don't wait until the end of the year and say okay how much money do we make and do we feel like writing a check it's baked into everything we do and, and then the most important thing is inspiration and help we want to show what people with different abilities can do so we start with john you have down syndrome i do we don't put john in the pack. we don't buy john we put it right up front. You're the face of the business. Yeah, okay, We've been able to create 34 jobs. 22 of those were held by people with a different ability. Mm. And we want to show the world. So we make videos all the time, uh, create content that way. We host tours and work groups from schools and social service agencies. We take on speaking engagements. So we've, before the pandemic, and now the world is opening up again, we crisscross Canada, the US, and Mexico. Moving things online means we've spoken around the world. All to show, look what people can do. The business has given us a platform where people listen. So we meet with legislators all the time. Uh, We've testified twice before. Congress, we've spoken at the United Nations, all of this to say, you know, look what people can do, and and it's a lot of show, don't tell. We didn't know it was going to grow this quickly. We didn't realize everything we would get to do. So you, you learn as you go along. If you were to go to any person starting a business, and be able to show them a list of all the things they would have to learn and know. No one would ever start a business, you know, because it would be overwhelming. But you learn every day. We've prepared our whole lives for this conversation. You know, Things we've learned in school or in jobs, or or just in the way we've led our lives. A parent shared this with me at a special Olympic practice. We're talking about reaction to the pandemic. Well, individuals with some sort of physical or intellectual challenge and their families, they're always adapting. So when it came to the pandemic, okay, so we adapt again. A pandemic, that's all you got? Any organization. You have to know what you're about. you got to have that purpose. And you got to know your values and what matters. And the purpose can't just be, we're going to make money. And don't get me wrong. We want to make money, we like to live indoors. So when the pandemic comes, you know, how do you respond? Well, for us, first, we had to make sure everybody was safe. Because more than half of our workforce has a different ability, many of them are particularly vulnerable. But it wasn't just them, you know, John here, people with Down syndrome. People with Down syndrome were not more likely to get the virus, but if they did, they were five times more likely to be hospitalized, ten times more likely to die. So we had to be careful. But beyond that, you know, you look and, okay, how do we adapt? So we move our tours online. We move our speaking engagements online. We'd rather do them in person, but that opened the world. We spoke at three conferences in India. We spoke at. You know, the things in Australia, universities in Spain and Portugal, and Guyana, Brussels and Ireland, these things wouldn't have happened if we didn't make that adjustment. And then you look to see what new opportunities does it create. So for us, that meant selling masks. But also, in, you know, this speaks to the isolation. Okay, people are going to be isolated. How can we spread happiness? Well, here's some ways. We now do a Facebook Live show on Thursday nights, just the two of us yapping. It's the Spreading Happiness Show. We tell some jokes, we tell some stories, but it's a way to connect with people, share some happiness. That's grown into us doing our own podcast, the Spreading Happiness Podcast. And what do you do every Tuesday afternoon? I host a dance party every Tuesday at 3 p.m. It was an online dance party. Well, here's something we can do. Let's get together and dance. Did you ever have an opportunity that was presented to you that would cause you to deviate from your mission and you turned it down? You said, no, I can't do this because it doesn't align with what we believe in. We have faced challenges in two ways. One have been financial, and that's usually because it's tempting, oh, this could make money for us, but it's not aligned with who we are. We have to turn that down. The other is just in part the discipline of being able to say no. We have a lot of ideas, and it's tempting to go and do a lot of things. But if you stretch yourself too far, nothing gets done. We grew rapidly our first two years. Remember, at the end of our second year, we had done very well. And we had a profit on paper. And I'm looking and I have zero dollars. And I'm talking to our accountant saying, where's the money? I says, Mark, let's go walk in your warehouse. You see all that inventory, that's all your money. In 2019, when sales came down, we weren't able to sustain that peak that resulted from some media exposure. Now we were really caught short and we're looking and talking to investors. Well, we had investors coming in here and what they really wanted to do was buy the brand, just kind of buy the name and shut us down. And they were sitting there telling us, you know, Mark, you and John, you're going to be just fine, but I know that would have been very short term. so it was very tempting because we were in a very difficult financial position, but we held out until we ultimately found the right strategic partner, third generation family business that manufactured socks were the largest in the country, but we shared our values and we were committed. You know, they were committed to us running this place the way we did and believing in our mission. And and we get that from time to time. Oh, it could be in selling a product, and we look at it and say, no, 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 that's not us. Are we willing to walk away from short-term gains in the interest of our long-term values? And the answer is yes, and we have done it. And I think that's how you know you believe in your values When you're willing to say no to money. Part of it, you have to know how you define success. And you also have to know what really matters. For any organization, your email list is one of your most valuable assets. Every time we send out an email, we get a little surge in sales. It was very tempting to send out emails all the time. There are some businesses, I get three or four emails a day from that. So it's tempting to do that. We send out two cool email blasts a week. And one of them is from John. It's his Friday email. It's just an update on what John is up to and what John is doing. There's no sales in it. It's just John talking about what's on his mind. And that's a reflection of that's who we are. It adheres to our values. of so we're trying to spread happiness. We're building personal connections relationships with our customers. And we're in it for the long haul. Not, oh, we could get a couple dollars more in business today. We we mainly sold other people's socks. But when we first started making our own socks, I was getting them made at bills here in the U.S. Very hard to do because there just aren't enough of them, and the cost is very high. So there are quality issues and cost issues. And I spoke to some smart folks who said, you've got to go overseas. And at first, I resisted that. I said, no, 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 we get stuff made in the U.S. But over time, I realized, well, that's not a core value of that. So making a change there is not violating our values. We've been approached by other states and cities. Can you relocate to our state? And we'll give you a financial package to do that. What am I going to do? I'm going to walk out to our colleagues here and say, well, we could get cheaper electricity someplace else and lower the rent, so I'm going to let you all go. when well, we can't do that. That's not who we are. One of the news outlets, the place where we have appeared the most, has been Fox and Friends. Now, I have some friends. Who were outraged about this? How could you appear on that show? And I look and say, it's got nothing to do with my personal politics. This is an opportunity. They always treat us well. They're very professional about it. And it's an opportunity for us to reach people and reach a larger audience. So I'm always going to do that. But that's just a case where somebody else might come up with a different conclusion. And you got to know who you are, what you're about, you know, particularly in the tough times. You know, that's that's where you come up with a dance party. I'm 64 years old now. I've been doing a lot of things, Front businesses, I've made mistakes, I've been through things, I got the scars to show it. Hopefully you keep learning. I think we frame things incorrectly sometimes when we think about going to school, but well, we have to keep learning all the time. You know, I I got out of college in 1980. There was no internet. There were no cell phones. Here I am running a, a an online business. I couldn't have studied that if I wanted to. I had to go and learn how to frame problems, learn how to communicate. Some of that you learn in school, and some elsewhere, and. You, know, you read and you listen to people and, you know, be curious. John and I, we're, I think we're in a good place. John here, I yeah. you know, like to say, has no guile. You know, he, he just knows who he is and what he wants to do. And, and I'm too old to care. And we have no excuse. Right? We can't blame it on the board. We can't blame it on headquarters, it's us. If we get to run the business, and we now have a strategic partner and I I tell them, it's a dream, that dream, we wanna run a business and that's what we get to do. Sometimes we need those moonshot goals, right? A million dollars, you know, it it literally is JFK saying, we'll put a man on the moon or the end of the decade when they had no idea how they were gonna do it. Raise a million dollars, How awesome.